Hi there, I'm Alana Mallon. And I'm Sambal Siddiqui, and we are two Cambridge City Councilors doing our Women Are Here podcast. Women are here right now. We're here. Right here in City Hall. We're broadcasting live from City Hall this week. We have graduated from Sambal's bedroom, and um, we're in City Hall. That was fun last week, though. <laughs> I have to, can we just talk about how your mom walked in? So, yeah, my mom, she walked in during the middle of our recording <laughs> and brought fruit for us. It was so sweet, but you were, like, dying. I felt like we were in high school because you were like, Mom, get out of here. And she's like, well, here's some fruit. She had no idea. She was like, eat it, please. Didn't you really feel like we were in high school? I, I definitely did. It was totally the best. Well, it's April, and that time is flying by. I can't believe it's April already. And hopefully the weather's going to be better because I, if it snows again, I will kill somebody. Oh, I'm so sick of black ice. I'm still hobbling around, and it's going to be a long road. I I kind of can't believe you're still in that boot thing. Um, I Every time I see you, I expect you to just be magically better. Is that is that weird to say? You know, it's going to take a while. I have crutches, everyone, so that's been helpful, and I'm so grateful to Alana and others who are supporting me through this. And carrying her pillow around. <laughs> put her foot on. I know, I know. It's a, it's sad, but hey, you know, I love this job this much. You do. You're, you're, you're making it happen. You really exactly. Are. Um, can we just take a minute and talk about the most exciting thing ever? The Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary is officially out. I've watched that trailer literally a thousand times, um, but it's not playing anywhere. I'm freaking out. I mean, I, I love her, and she has this line in the trailer which is so powerful, and it says, "I ask no favor for my sex." All I ask from my brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. It was so powerful just to hear her say that. She's awesome. So I think it comes out officially in May. In so, May? Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was April, but it's May. I checked. Well, that's so disappointing. I know. Because now, now I have to watch the trailer a thousand times again. She's been such a huge voice on the Supreme Court to show the male members what it's like to be a second-class citizen, and she's helped shape so much of that dialogue just by sitting on the bench fighting for gender equality. I loved reading her dissents in law school. I mean, they're super powerful, and if I was a lawyer, I'd probably love reading dissents more. (laughs) Um, But I I have to say that, personally, I loved... She wrote a book about her life, and her description of her marriage... She's 84 years old. Um, and she talks about her the equality in her own marriage. And I would have to say, it was probably pretty rare when she was first a young woman in her job as an attorney. And, you know, she said, I, w- I became a lawyer when women were not wanted by the legal profession. She's such, pro- ugh, profession. She's such a trailblazer. She really is. I- I'm going to ask the Women's Commission to look into holding a screening here in Cambridge. So let's let's hope that we can oh make God, that happen. Die. That would be the best. Kimberly Sansusi at the Women's Commission works so hard, and um, I'm sure she's going to actually make that happen because she... She listens to our podcast. Oh, she does? Yeah, you know, she's so sweet. She, special shout out. She emailed me and was like, oh, you know, I was wondering where your podcast went, and then I learned you broke your ankle. I'm so sorry. You know, she was... So shout out. Thank you, Kimberly, for caring. <laughs> Thanks, Kimberly, for listening. Um, okay, so we're, like I said, we're, report, we're recording this podcast at City Hall um, because in about an hour we have a meeting, a special city council meeting on cannabis. Yeah, on cannabis. So, you know, we're happy to share more about that right now. Yeah, so I'm actually looking forward to this meeting because I feel like we really need some clarity on how to move forward. So the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission just released their regulations for adult use 
or what was previously known as recreational use, uh, cannabis sales in mid-March. And as of this past Monday, April, April 2nd, applications for what's called priority certification, so that's just existing medical cannabis dispensaries, started to be accepted by the state for review. And gosh, that was just a really quick turnaround. And the council wasn't clear on a lot of the regulations and who needed a community host agreement and just a whole bunch of other questions. So we're having this meeting today to hopefully answer those questions and get those community host agreements rolling and and moving forward. The other category of applicants, aside from these existing medical marijuana dispensaries, are economic empowerment applicants. And those are defined as applicants who can show experience in or business practices that promote economic empowerment in areas that have been hit hard by high rates of arrest in and incarceration due to the prohibition on marijuana. So right now in Cambridge, we have three medical marijuana dispensaries that are currently open and operating. And so one and one that has been fully approved by the planning board and will be opening at some point in Inman Square. So there's Lots coming on this issue. We'll know more after this meeting. I hope we're going to know a lot more. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a we've lot of questions. A lot of, yeah, we've had a lot of council meetings where there's just been more questions than answers. Um, and I feel like that last council meeting where we were just wondering, you know, do you need a community host agreement if you were open before July 1st in 2017 and no one was really sure? So I'm hoping that we kind of come out of here with like a clear plan on what to do. And we'll tell you on Monday um, how that's moving forward. Um, so we had a council meeting on Monday. Yes. And it was, um, very well attended by some local artists on an issue that I think we talked a little bit about last week, which is the EMF building over on Brookline street, which is home to a number of, uh, musicians recording studios. I believe that there's about 200 musicians that actively use that space. Um, many from Cambridge, right? uh, Many from Cambridge. Um, and we, the, the building was bought two years ago um, by Trinity Properties, and the tenants in that building had been told uh, two months ago that they um, needed to leave by the end of April, um, that, the, that the building was being renovated and turned into a, another use. And so the artists came out in droves on Monday night to really talk about a policy order that had been put forward about the possibility of... Um, you know, extending their leases so that they can find either another place to to record or and asking the city to actively get along, uh, get along, asking the city to actively kind of look into where other opportunities might exist for them to to move to. So uh, we had what almost fifty speakers. Yeah, it was came. over two hours of public comment. It, it was over two hours of public comment, and to all the artists that were there. Um, we did recess. Um, Mayor McGovern and myself actually left the public comment at one point because we had a um, an event. The um, we, the city hall is now lit up blue for Autism Awareness Week, and it was something that I really felt strongly I needed to get out there and support because it was um, I had actually started it here in the mayor's office four years ago uh, when I was working for Mayor David Marr. So I, it's an event that is really close to my heart. So I, I felt bad I missed one or two of the speakers. I had to run out and just wanted to be there for all of the families there that were um, supporting Autism Awareness Week. So sorry, I had to leave. Um, but yeah, we had over two hours of public comment. And um, this the council had a spirited debate. Yeah. And, you know, right now, I think I'm not sure what the update is, but we passed that order to see if 
our city manager could speak to the developer, John Duvani, and ask him some questions. Yeah, ask if there was a way to keep the musicians in longer, or if there was even a possibility of us doing something, the city getting involved in the building, and just making sure that we could keep the arts and culture that is so vital to not just Cambridge, but Central Square for me specifically. Central Square is just a place where I feel so strongly that uh, we need to keep it vibrant. We need to keep the musicians and artists here to keep it kind of funky and um, just keep it the soul and heart of the city that it is. You know, one of the artists really talked about, maybe it wasn't just one, um, the economic vitality of of having artists and musicians here. You know, they they come and they grab lunch in the square, they grab coffee, they go out afterwards. You know, that's 200 people who are in Central Square, you know, using the, the restaurants and, you know, so if we care about the economic vitality of our small businesses, we've got to make sure that that ecosystem is is moving forward. And on that note, we'll be, Alana and I will be working on an artist overlay, which was your policy order from two weeks ago. Yeah. So we just scheduled that yeah. uh, committee meeting. So that'll be at the sort of the end of May and between... Now and then, um, I will be just kind of meeting with a bunch of different people to just talk about what that artist overlay zoning could look like, um, really kind of digging deep into that. And then once we have this de- economic development committee meeting, we can really flush it out and hopefully move forward and, and be looking at it at a really you know macro level. So yeah, stay tuned for, for those updates. This weekend, there's a lot of stuff going on, so oh, I so wanted much to stuff. give you some one event that I hope you'll attend. It's Open Mosque Day on April 8th. It's, I am so excited about this. Yeah, it's Sunday. I went last year. You did. Yeah, and it was great. Uh, and this year, it's meant to be bigger. You know, we have a we have a mosque on Prospect Street, and it's our community mosque. And the open house is really meant for everyone to come in and you know, learn a little bit more about Islam and how we practice the religion. And, you know, usually it's, you know, a great turnout. There's going to be family-friendly activities. There's going to be tours. Uh, You know, it is really a way for the rest of our city to to learn more about the religion. And given how much, how, you know, Islam is portrayed in the media and how Mm -hmm. Muslims are portrayed in the media, you know, I think this is a really great uh, educational event. I'm really excited to go. I have not. I didn't go to the open mosque day, but I have gone to prayer service on a few Fridays, and it's such a warm and open and inviting space, and a mirror, and they're all so great over there. And I, I really hope that people come out for this. It's from eleven to. I think, I think it's till five. Eleven six. to five. Um, we'll tweet about it. Definitely, and bring your family. Like like Sambal said, it is going to be a family friendly event. It's going to be great. And I have to say, I did see on Twitter yesterday um, that it was punish. There was a punish it, a Muslim yeah. day and there was some flyers that were circulating. And all of my friends who are Muslim were just so, so saddened and upset by this that I was actually glad that this is actually was planned for Sunday so that we can go and really support the Muslim community and and. <laughs> Just push back on some of this dangerous rhetoric. It's just so awful. It's disgusting. I mean, I I saw that, and you know, a few weeks ago, that this in London, uh, it's got started in the UK that people are getting these letters to their homes, saying, you know, it's punishing Muslim Day. Be, you know, be careful. Just awful, awful stuff. And so, you know, I'm glad this event's coming up, and I encourage you to 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 go. I'm going to be there. I'll see you there. I don't know if I'll be able to go because oh, of your my leg. leg. 
Let's see. I'll FaceTime you. Please. I don't think it's uh, <laughs> I don't think there it's wheel, wheelchair accessible, but I think it should be. There's but... that, yeah, actually in the back there's that, you know, with a back door, there's yeah. the little elevator lift. There's a little oh. lift. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, great. I should have checked. I was like, "Oh, I don't think I'll Plus they have that big parking lot. You can see if they can save you a spot." Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you there. See you there. Um, so I also wanted to, I did something fun this week. I went, do you know that Cambridge has a, a special homeless court once a month? It's amazing. It's so, okay. So here's the deal is that um, in 2009, our district court of Cambridge moved to Medford, which means like for homeless people, that's like, it might as well be on the moon, right? Like if you are arrested for trespassing or um, disorderly conduct or, or any number of things and you're homeless, getting to Medford to, to have your case heard is almost impossible. So this Judge Roan Schrago moved the homeless court back um, just to cut down on those default rates because these, you know, these homeless folks couldn't get there. And then they had these warrants out for their arrest because they defaulted. Um, and she, they meet every single Monday. So it's not just the judge. Um, there are a, it's a room full of people that just provide wraparound services for, for, for folks who are coming to the session. So I think there were about 15 or 16 cases this past Monday. And then her team assembles about an hour before a court is in session to discuss the cases. So there's Judge Schrago, her clerk, the district attorney's office, and a defendant's attorney. They're all there. But then the wraparound services are there too. So like the head of the emergency medicine at the Cambridge Health Alliance, Caspar, who we you know partnered with with the Woolsock Drive, uh, the VA, uh, on the Rise and Rosie's Place, both of whom deal with women who are homeless, Y to Y, and the Cambridge Coordinated Access Network. And so the defendant's attorney, um, so he's dealing with all these 15 or 16 cases, but he's actually staffed by four or five Harvard Law students who are part of Harvard's End Homelessness Coalition. And they were so terrific. And I have to say, they were there just so involved, so invested. They knew all of these folks and just really wanted to be there I thought they were just doing it, you know, as part of their law degree, but they really are part of this end homelessness coalition and, and really feel strongly that people should be represented. And they were women. All the students were Mostly women. Mostly women. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, and then also on hand are the Cambridge police officers who are the homeless outreach team, Matt Price and Eric Helberg, are there just offering the insight to the care team about the history of each of the defendants because they're well known to this like totally awesome duo. So you know, every case would get called and people would really talk about each case and each defendant, but in such a compassionate way, it was really incredible for me to see them talking about um, all of these folks. So, you know, for each case, they discuss what the person's in court for, usually, you know, like I said, trespassing, shoplifting, disturbing the peace, things that you would kind of expect. And then they devise an action plan for each of them, which services they'll offer, whether that's drug treatment or housing or medical attention. It was incredible, really, just to see such a coordinated network of people who really are there to care for these residents in such a compassionate way. And the judge, oh my God, she was amazing. She was so great. First of all, she's like five feet tall, but she must have been wearing four inch heels. It was, and she's, it was just so funny to see her just kind of teetering, teetering around on these, on these big old heels. But, um, she was so kind and you could just tell that she cares so deeply for each person before her, you know, really making them feel comfortable. It was awesome. You have to go when you don't have like a totally bum foot anymore. Yeah. I had planned to go. Yeah. I actually met the judge a little while ago and she talked about, 
you know, the, this this homeless court. And she also, you know, brought up the fact that by statute, this, you know, this district court should be in Cambridge. Yeah. So that's a huge issue that I know a lot of people, our legislators, are working on. Yeah. Uh, and Marjorie Decker is leading the charge on that. And so we really need to bring our district court back to Cambridge because that's the law. So it's been a really hard thing for many to wrap um, our head around. And I think also Councillor Simmons put in a policy order yeah. about uh, you know, bringing this back. So uh, t- it's to be determined, but we have to, you know, meanwhile, we have, uh, you know, our, our, ju- our this amazing judge doing this, but it's a larger issue that we have to really focus on. Yeah. Uh, so with, we were talking that morning, she and I, about domestic violence cases, how that's, that's, those are cases that really absolutely need to come back to Cambridge as soon as possible, because we have, you know, we have a great team of people here at Transition House, um, but for them to actually travel to Medford and back and, it, you know, it's it's using up so much of their really precious, valuable time. That's one thing. Uh, but the other thing is there aren't a lot of safety uh, procedures at the Malden location that um, some of these domestic violence survivors really need exactly. to be put in place. So. We're going to be working on that. It's something I feel really strongly about, especially after seeing the homeless court and talking to Judge Strago and just seeing what an absolute force she is. Um, I follow that lady to the ends of the earth. So I mean, she wasn't so busy. I'd say, "Oh, come on our podcast." Oh God, yeah, no, she doesn't have time for that. Yeah, she is. Being, she's, she's out there. So being awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So speaking uh, while on the topic of housing, we do have a housing committee meeting on April 10th next week. And what are we going to be talking about? So we'll be talking about a lot of things. We are hoping to really set up what our priorities will be for the term. Oh. Yeah. So that's kind of the call of the meeting. We'll be hearing back on kind of the inclusionary units as well, okay. where we're going uh, with that. But I think the bulk of this meeting will be to discuss uh, the, the this term's priorities. I'm really looking forward to that because I'm really excited to kind of go. I'm itching to work on yeah, a lot of things. For so. sure. Um, so I think that's kind of our, our podcast for the week. We yeah. um, Next Monday night, we have a roundtable on Alewife. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a regular council meeting. So we don't have um, – we will definitely be reporting back on that Alewife um, conversation because it's an important one. Uh, but I think that there will be some interesting things that happen this week that will definitely be – Shouting them out. Yeah, stay tuned. And hope to see you all on Sunday at the Open Mosque Day. Please consider coming. It's on Prospect Street. Yeah, let us know if you'd like to join us. Yeah, definitely. Well, I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us. See you soon. See you soon.